0: Monday everybody and happy almost state tournament basketball season almost well maybe by the time you hear this podcast we'll be in it full board. it's coming Hi friends, how are you? Happy end of February, beginning of March means it's time to get ready to crown champions in basketball at the VHSL and VISAA levels. Rob with them along with you on this edition of Central Region Now, the exclusive podcast of the RVA Sports Network. Well, we had a very interesting week of region tournament action, did we not, this past week? couple of uh, Cinderella stories, major upset at the beginning of it all. And now we get ready to turn the page after Region 4B wraps up their proceedings tonight. We've got uh, hosting, excuse me, Huguenot hosting Monikin in the boys' championship of Region 4B. And that game's going to be at the Arthur Ashe Center. And the girls' championship up in Culpeper. And that is where Monikin will be traveling tonight to take on eastern view now there's some other region championships that'll be decided on monday night and tuesday night in other areas of the of the commonwealth so we won't put a final wrap on all the state tournament brackets until tuesday night's games are done games here in the area for state quarter final action will be held on friday and saturday and let me let you know right now what we know so far we'll kind of kind of go through the list here First, in Class 6, and now we kind of turn the page and stop talking about regions except to identify who's the region champion of what region or runner-up, that sort of thing. In Class 6, we have a James River's boys team winning the Region B title with that literally last tenth of a second buzzer-beater miracle, 52-51 over Franklin County on Friday night. So James River gets to host the state quarterfinal. Over in Class 6 girls, your Region B champion Cosby, knocking off James River in the rubber match between those two teams, so James River will be traveling in the girls state quarterfinal to the champion of Region A, which is still to be determined. Should be wrapping up uh, Monday night. We'll know James River's destination. Should know it by Tuesday, and that's why we're waiting to to uh, put uh, go live with State Tournament Central. Uh, at at, rbasportsnetwork.com sometime during the day on Tuesday because we want to have as complete a picture as we possibly can. We know there may be a hole or two still to fill, but by Tuesday we'll have most everything taken care of. Now the Class 6 home games for the Cosby Girls and the James River Boys are going to be played as a doubleheader at Manchester High School. As soon as we know which day, either Friday or Saturday, and start times – We'll have that information for you on Twitter at Chesterfield Sports and at the RVA Sports Net, and we'll post it as part of State Tournament Central at RVA Sports Network.com. So, is it true that winning a region championship gives you the right to host a state quarterfinal? Yes. Does it give you a home game? It all depends upon how well your gym is equipped. At this point, once you get into the state tournament, it's all controlled by the Virginia High School League office in Charlottesville, and they have specific specifications that they require for tournament sites, just like there are uh, specs for when they choose uh, places for football championships. There are specs for where they uh, run the Jubilees in spring. You know, there's got to be a certain type of, uh, of a capacity, et cetera, et cetera. And so it will be James River's boys and Cosby's girls hosting their classic state quarterfinals at Manchester now down to five class five we were at Meadowbrook Friday night watch the Highland Springs girls and Verina boys be crowned champions but gotta give a shout out to the Highland Springs Springers boys basketball team they pull off one of the biggest uh, early playoff upsets in recent memory uh, certainly of this decade that I can recall Uh, knocking out defending state champion L.C. Bird in the quarterfinal, the eight beating the one, and prematurely ending, if you're a Skyhawk fan, uh, the boys' basketball season. They go on to beat Meadowbrook at Meadowbrook. That was a predetermined tournament site. It just worked out that the two lower seeds won, and the five seed, it was their home floor, and Highland Springs holds on wins. That grabs a Class 5 state tournament bid. So for Rhino winning, they will get to host a Class 5 state quarterfinal. For the Highland Springs girls defeating L.C. Bird in the region final Friday night, they get to host a Class 5 state state quarterfinal. Uh, I neglected to mention this, and let me do it right now. In all the regions this year, in your tournament brackets at the state level, regions A and B square off against each other, and regions C and D square off against each other. So... There is no way that we can have an all-Richmond State championship game at any level. And the reason why I say that is because we don't have teams in C and D. Region C and Region D, they're going to have half the tournament bracket, and somebody's going to come out of there. Regions A and B have the other half of the tournament bracket, and somebody's going to come out of there. And then they meet in the state championship. Now, is it possible, let's say, for example, Class 5 boys, if Verina beats... They're either going to get Hampton or Salem in the state quarters, um, depending upon the result of that Region A championship game. If Verina beat one of those, and if Highland Springs goes down to the seven five seven and beats their region champion, could Verina-Highland Springs happen for the fourth time at the state semis? Absolutely. Uh, but they can't play to each other for the state championship. They'll be one, somebody from A and B will meet somebody from C and D, the two survivors, is how the brackets are working this year. So in the boys, Verina hosting either Hampton or Salem. Highland Springs going to the winner of that region championship game. Now, in Class 5, state quarterfinals will be a doubleheader at Glen Allen High School. It will either be Friday or Saturday, and start times will be determined. So over in the girls' bracket, Highland Springs will get to stay in Richmond, go to Glen Allen, and host the runner-up in Region A. Whereas L.C. Bird will have to go play the Region A champion, and that is going to be determined between Princess Anne and Norview. And, of course, Princess Anne, uh, the monster of this particular uh, class, formerly known as group, etc., etc. They have been multiple-time state champions, and if you want to win in Class 5, you've got to somehow slay the dragon. That is Princess Anne. So, again, that doubleheader of quarterfinal action this weekend at Glen Allen High School. Now, in Class 4, we still have our region championships here in the area. Again, they are Monday night. Monican goes to Huguenot at the Arthur Ashe Center at 7 for boys. Eastern View hosts Monican in the girls' final on Monday night at 7. The other region, Region A, is done. So we can tell you now the winner of Monican Huguenot is going to host Deep Creek in the state quarterfinals. Now, where that will happen and when that will happen, we know it would either be on Friday or Saturday. Uh, we don't know where it would be. I would suspect if Monaghan wins, they have a beautiful new gymnasium and should be able to host, but there are also region rules that have to be considered, and sometimes we're not privy to them. If Huguenot won, they certainly could host at the Arthur Ashe Center. The loser of that game is going to have to go down and take on Lake Taylor, and I'm going to tell you, Lake Taylor might have put on the most impressive performance of any team I've seen this year when they ran away from L.C. Bird at the Virginia Preps Classic back in mid-January here in uh, in Richmond at Henrico High School. Lake Taylor is going to be a beast to have to deal with if either Monacan or Huguenot want to make it to the state championship. They're going to have to get possibly get through Lake Taylor unless they get tripped up in the state quarterfinal. Over on the girls' side, Eastern View Monacan, once that is settled, Champion will host King's Fork, and the runner-up, Whoever loses Monday night's game will go and play Lake Taylor. So Lake Taylor likely will host a doubleheader somewhere down there in the 757. Could be at their school uh, for the state quarterfinals. Quickly, the other teams in our area, Class 3. We've got three boys basketball teams in that uh, 14 bracket of Regions A and B. Hopewell, the Region A champion. Will um, have Region B runner up George Wythe as their quarterfinal opponent. That will be a fantastic state quarterfinal between the Bulldogs and the Blue Devils. And John Marshall, the champions of Region B, hosts the runner up of A, and they are the Phantoms of Phoebus. Those dates and times and locations still to be uh, determined. Goochland will be hosting Central Woodstock in Class 2. That game has been set. I believe it's Friday night. I know it's 7 o'clock at fluvanna county high school we've talked about class six girls cosby hosting at manchester james river traveling in class five highland springs hosting at glen allen lc bird traveling in class three the region a champion hopewell they will host william monroe the runner-up from region b time place date to be determined and the appomattox regional governor school jada boyd and company they finished as runners-up in region b in class one They'll travel to, to uh, Region A champion Surrey County. And as soon as we get date and time information on that, we'll pass it along to you as well. And to get all of that available when it goes live on Tuesday, probably Tuesday evening, State Tournament Central at RVA com. Now we turn our attention away from basketball for right now and get set to uh, talk a little football. This is the first edition of a new feature here on Central Region Now that we will have from time to time. We hope to have it at least once a month. It's called the sit-down. It's an opportunity for yours truly to sit down and talk to uh, either a coach, a student-athlete, someone in the realm of high school sports or local sports in the Richmond area. Most of the time it'll be at the high school level, but occasionally we'll delve outside of that. And our first edition, happy to have had the chance last uh, Wednesday afternoon, Uh, to go and sit down at a local uh, establishment with the new head football coach at Hermitage High School, Derek Johnson. Just finished three years at Matoica High School. Uh, He's got two daughters in college getting ready to play. Uh, One is already in and playing volleyball. Another one is getting ready to graduate and move into volleyball. And he has a fantastic story to tell. And I really, really enjoyed my time with Coach Johnson sitting down and talking to him. And now we get to share that conversation with you. So here it is, the debut edition of The Sit-Down, our conversation with new Hermitage football coach, Derek Johnson. Friends, glad to have you here on Central Region Now, the exclusive podcast of the RVA Sports Network, and very happy to sit down with the brand new head football coach at Hermitage High School. Derek Johnson joins us here on the podcast. Coach, first of all, a hearty congratulations. This has to be kind of a dream come true.
1: Yes, this is definitely the pinnacle of my 20 plus year coaching career. It's definitely the icing on the cake. Um, I couldn't think of a better way to, you know, almost in this chapter of coaching. I mean, 20 plus years, you don't get too many opportunities such as this one. No, you don't.
0: So, so take me back to day one. Even before that, let's talk a little bit about uh, Coach Johnson growing up and oh, what, what he liked to do and kind of the influences. Who, who influenced you? Because obviously you've become an influencer of, of young men. Um, take me back a, a few years and, and talk a little bit about the people who helped you get to where you are now.
1: It, it, it's, it's coaches. And then the main guy that speaks out, stands out, is, is Coach Ron Massey. I grew up in Long Beach, California, and I tell people all the time, you know, um, I grew up in one of those environments where it's either drug dealing, rapping, and, and playing sports, and sports was my ticket out. Mm-hmm. And I remember Coach Massey, I met Coach Massey uh, uh, going into my 10th grade year. And uh, the story goes where I was here in 8th and 9th grade, played basketball at Robbie's Middle School, 8th grade, yeah, okay. with Dale Travis. Oh! Okay, throwing some names out. <laughs> so eighth grade, I play for Dell, the six man Robus Middle School. The new Melothian High School was built. I go over to Melothian High School, I try for the basketball team. Dell Travis is the coach. I get cut. <sighs> okay. All oh. right. All right. Okay. That's not good. So that <laughs> summer I went back home to California to visit my mom. And um while visiting, I said, "Well, yeah, I don't want to hang around the streets because you hang on the streets, streets of trouble." So I elected to go to summer school. First day of summer school, that's when the Jordans first came out. Uh, coach Massey saw my Jordans. "Hey kid, you play basketball?" "Yes, coach, I play basketball." "Well, come on out to Lumbee City College and let's see what you got." So I'm out there doing my thing. He said, "All right, well, come on back tomorrow. We can put the varsity." I go out the next day. He said, well, "I tell you what, he said, I don't know what you're going back to Virginia, he said, but if you stay here." You have a spout on varsity. Now keep in mind, 10th grade was in high school back then. Yeah. 9th grade was in middle school. hmm So I'm thinking, of how did I get cut in Richmond, Virginia, Chesterfield, Virginia, <laughs> but I make as a varsity player in Long Beach, California? So what you gonna do, kid? Oh. I stayed in Long Beach, California. Uh, graduating, to Coach Massey's always been that that father figure for us. Um, um, fraternity, he was a kappa. We all, you know, we have our four or five guys on our basketball team we became kappa men all because of how much of Coach Massey. Um, coincidentally, Coach Massey uh, passed in 2014, hmm. and at the time, I was the head of schools at Elkhilverina. And when he passed, he, we were always had his conversations, you know, about leaving your legacy. When he passed, I'm thinking, am I gonna leave my legacy of being an, an admin? And so then I kind of got back the mood to get back into coaching, mm-hmm. and I applied for two jobs, Metalbrook and I um, Didn't get the Metalbrook job, but ended up getting the Matalka job, and mm-hmm. here I am today. So. Where did I get started? Coach Massey, my basketball coach, he said, Johnson, go play football. You're going to be about 6'5", <laughs> <five>, 350. <laughs> it,
0: it, people forget just how influential coaches are in the lives of young men and young women, especially here at the high school level, and how important the job is sometimes how thankless the job is and certainly it is no financial windfall and that is that is public record. So to do it, you've got to have a heart for young people. Yes,
1: yes. And I've, I've been working with young folks. I graduated from Kent State in 94. And when I graduated from 94, I was a substitute at Kent City Rec or Kent City Schools. I was a park rec at Kent City Park and Rec. And I was also did my intern at the uh, Kent uh, Portage uh, Joggle Detention Center. Hmm. So I've been working with young folks since 93, 92. And so now we're talking about 2018. I mean, I, say, I know young folks like like the back of my hand. I know what they eat. I like what they're thinking. I, know what they, I know what they're thinking before they say it. Mm, that's how well I think I know what young folks.
0: Now, Coach, in the last few years, how have you had to acclimate yourself to social media to keep up with the young folk? That's their language. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I understand is
1: social media is their language, and um, I, I'm learning to speak their language. It, I'm, I'm blessed to have two daughters and, I, and around me to keep me abreast of us. So I don't do Snapchat, I'm afraid of the Snapchat. So right now is my Twitter thing. and I do that now just to get announcements out, and I'm just very, very... Um, mindful of, of, of staying in contact with them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a language that a lot of uh, old head coaches are, are missing on. Yeah. I mean, the fact that I've been, I haven't even met the kids yet at hermitage but on social media, um, they're following me already. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm delving out information already on social media. I had not even set foot on the campus yet because of the dead period.
0: Yeah, yeah. Go figure. Yeah. Go figure. Let Let's talk a little bit about your time at Matoica. You mentioned you were able to get that position. You were there for three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You made one playoff appearance, mm-hmm. but I, I, more than the X's and O's and the W's and L's. What What you talked about legacy a moment ago. What type of legacy do you feel like you and your staff left there at Matoica?
1: Um, just changing the culture. And like one thing I will. will put the feather in my hat when we first got there then we had like two kids go to school the first year the second year we had three and this year right now we've already had three guys commit and I can see probably two two more two to three more committing before the end of the year so you're talking about six guys in one year and I don't know if Matoka has had that that luxury probably in the last 10 15 years Mm -hmm. I mean even when when even when three and the farriers played there you know, you may have three or four, but to have six guys, um, and then I take a kid like Gerard Mosby, who I got to speak to this guy. You know, he's been a basketball guy, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he's going to Avery for football. Man, that uh, <laughs> right there is a blessing. This this young man, and uh, he he's just done great. So stuff like that, just using, and I tell folks, you know, use the game, don't let the game use you. Yeah. And that's the perfect example. I want you to use sport as a vehicle to your success. I personally believe. Sports is your vehicle to your success to get you out of certain environments as well as changing your environment. So now you're mm-hmm. using sports, particularly football in this, in this situation, to change your outlook on life. And I had to even tell Gerard, I said, Imagine you going up to college, getting your degree, now you can come back and really help your mother. Now that's right, and that's what it's really about setting up your family for future success. And you can use this game for that. Mm-hmm. And that's what I try to tell these young I men. So, the legacy I'm leaving is to basically use the game to better better your success.
0: Exactly. And and now another and big opportunity for you to do so. Yeah. Name the head coach at Hermitage. Mm-hmm. But I also know, coach, that, that there was a lot of consideration that this was not a situation to where Hermitage comes calling and you drop everything because you have two beautiful daughters, mm-hmm. one of whom has just completed a fantastic volleyball career at Matoaka mm-hmm. and is going to continue it collegiately, and <laughs> I know that you are going to want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. So in terms of making the decision to come to Chesterford Stadium, how did you balance all of that to feel like, okay, I can be the coach they want me to be, but I can also be the dad that I need to be?
1: Well, my daughters kind of helped me with that. They say, they basically said, Dad, they say you left the sport once before to help us get into volleyball, and they said it would be unfair for you not to go at this position just to support us. Wow. So they were like, this opportunity doesn't happen, literally. I mean, we've had this discussion, we've prayed on this thing, um, and, and and I would say, it was all like Urban Meyer's wife and family letting him sign the contract, if I didn't get their permission to do it, I was prepared to be volleyball dog. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were staking out the hotels and the whole thing, but it was like that, it's just her. You know?
0: yeah.
1: And you know, and, and so they allowed me to 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 pursue this opportunity hmm. just because of their blessings. Because they, they were like, Dad, this is unfair. You are not gonna get this opportunity ever again. So because of their blessings, I was able to, you know, pursue the situation and, and do it. I mean now, you know, we're gonna see some games as much as we can, but it won't be as as consistent as we like. But they said, Dad, you were here for a purpose. Your purpose, coaching is your ministry. Hmm. And they said, you need to continue to minister to these young folks because you do such a great job at it. She said, we're going to be all right, Dad. (laughs) So they confided and said, you know, we're going to be all right. Go serve the youth. Continue to serve the community.
0: Wow. That's hard to hear as a a parent sometimes, to listen to the wisdom of your children. children, But then you turn around and and you realize, oh, my look where they got it from, and it leaves you a feeling of gratitude that nothing else can give you. Yes, well, I mean, even that's
1: it, I mean, the good book tells you listen to the children. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've really been, I, even if I listen to my football players, I am mean, I listen to, you know, a football player, Manuel Hickman, you know, yeah, the kid's name is Emanuel, the thing is always, always in the book, so <laughs> um, I, I stay grounded that way, but I, I'm, I'm not afraid, I think I'm one of these old guys that I will take heed to what these young folks have to say, because a lot of folks, young folks, they're young but they experience so much. They have old souls. They tolerate a lot, they persevere through it. You know, these young folks are growing up faster. You know, I, I yes. go around the house and I call them aliens. You know, I call them because they're, 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 they are they are transferring so fast that I have to gravitate and I have to accept it. And so what I've done is I actually listened to them. A lot of old folks, They sound them, yeah. But I listen to the young folk. Mm
0: -hmm. You need to, no doubt. New Hermitage head football coach Derek Johnson with us here on Central Region now. Coach, uh, you've been asked this question seventy-five times, I'm sure. Um, The gravity of taking a position at a school that has been so successful for so long. When Coach Patrick Kane arrived at the turn of the century, Hermitage had spent the decade of the '90s up and down, mostly down, and and he created well, what other other schools would consider a monster because nobody wanted to play Hermitage and, you know, if we were still in the old district uh, realm, they'd be looking at about 11 straight years of Colonial District wins, not just championships. It's ridiculous how successful it's been. Do you consider it a daunting task to try to continue Hermitage football, or do you just look at it as, no, this is a challenge and this is something that I was made for and now this is my opportunity to do it?
1: Um, It's not daunting. Um not intimidated Um, it's it's divine intervention Um, uh, i think it was i think i'm ready for i know i'm ready for this Mm -hmm. i'm 48 i'll be 48 years old in april so i'm not a young buck i've been doing it 20 plus years um i I realize it's like a small college um if 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 i was not ready for it i would not apply for the job right um i'm excited i'm excited for the kids because even though they had this tremendous run, it's one thing missing. Mm. And, and if I can be that guy to put that cherry right there on that top, mm-hmm. then that's what I'm going to walk away and I want to do. I want to be that guy to put that cherry on the top. And so now you can look at the body of work as this thing is developing. I want that responsibility. You mm. see, I got well, I got big shoulders. The Lord gave me big shoulders for a reason. I can handle it. Um, I want to do it for the coaching staff. I want to do it for the community around So. If I know I'm going into it with a purpose, mm-hmm. my purpose is to, is, is to bring, continue to have success for that community. So if I'm, I'm, I'm not intimidated, I'm excited. Um, it's another opportunity. And then even McKenzie said, Dad, this is the first program you get when you don't have to rebuild anything. Yeah, that's right. She said this, you know? And I'm like, yeah, you're right, Mackenzie. I, I don't have to rebuild anything. So the fact that this is a turnkey operation, mm-hmm. the one thing that allows me to do as a head coach is because everything is planted. You have nine, 10 assistant coaches. I can do other things now. In the, in the, in the past, I'm worried about scripting, I'm worried about weight room, or duty, I'm about, I don't have to worry about this. I can come in and worry about, well, how can I get these guys nutrition before the workout? How can I get them post game nutrition? Or how can I worry about hitting the community and getting new uniforms? Things of that nature. As the, as the head coach in previous years, I'm so worried about, I gotta clean the shed out, I, right. get the field. I gotta do nothing. So I can take care of those now, the 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 little the little nuances that make that program turn it good to great. Yes. And that's why I just wanna just it's just and, and respect to Kane. I mean he's done a lot. So I'm I'm the kids, the community the principal, the school board, I really want to put the final thing, put the cherry on the top for this community.
0: Well, I know you're coming to a community that's very supportive. I also know you're coming to a community that's hungry mm-hmm. uh, and who is going to appreciate the hunger that you are obviously bringing to the position. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And that's, that's, that's one thing I hope that
1: I, people are able to see is just my passion. Um, it's the same thing in the classroom. You know, I, I my you know, I get you engaged, you know, the size and the physical presence and stuff, and you know, that gets you um, that gets to people's attention, but mm-hmm. what am I gonna do to engage you? And so now, you know, come with different philosophies or your words and, and things that how do you write the ship, how do we get over the hump, how do we get to the next phase, or how do we make the adjustments to win the big games? Mm-hmm. And that's all stuff I
0: have to figure out as a coach. And the job starts now, yeah. as, as people don't realize this is not something you're waiting and chomping at the bit to start at the end of July when no. training camp starts, mm-hmm. you are fully underway already.
1: Yes, we um, dead period will be over for us, We this is our, concluding the second week of dead period for us, mm-hmm. and so we'll be back at it uh, Monday the 26th, um, 7 on season, it's a season now. Yeah. It's not just, it's a 7-on-7 season. Uh, so we'll do that which means you gotta get the seven on seven uniforms you got to start installing uh, offensive systems so now we're coming over here now where we have to install a completely new system for mm-hmm. our guys and we have to get it in in two weeks before we start seven on7 seven. Yeah. Um, so that's that's the that's the craziness that us egotistical coaches we crave you know you know you're <laughs> under the gun and you still have to perform and you got hungry kids that's texting you, tweeting you, when are we gonna get started and you, you love that passion and you wanna be able to bottle that passion up. Um, so it is, you know nowadays it is a 12 month gig. Yeah. Especially at Hermit's where, you know, I look that's s I don't even look as a high school. To me, I'm looking at it as a division two, II, division three small college program where you got you got a strength conditioning coach, you got a trainer, you know, we come in with the turf on uh, in the fall. Yeah. So this is a small college atmosphere. That's what I'm going to look at. That's what I'm
0: going to look at. Yeah. It's going to be an incredible atmosphere come late August, September. You get that first game for you, first game on the new turf at Chester Fritz, and isn't Chester Fritz just a, a unique place to to watch and play football to begin with?
1: Oh, it's a beautiful, that, that, and it's a little it's a little intimidating if you're not from the area. It <laughs> can be intimidating for you. Um, I like I like that one side at the stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a beautiful backdrop. Kind of sits down there, and it's, it's 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 a great place to play football.
0: Mm. And we can't wait to watch head coach Jer- Derek Johnson uh, bring the Panthers out to Panther Nation. I know they're looking forward to it too. A new era should be an exciting one. See if you can get that cherry on top, Coach. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> coach Johnson, thanks for being with us. Indeed. Very much. A big thank you, by the way, to head coach Derek Johnson for meeting us and talking with us. Really enjoyed our conversation both on air and uh, off air. Had a chance to get to know each other a little bit better. And and I'm really I'm really excited for Hermitage High School. I, I got to tell you now, when uh, I'm going to be completely honest with you, when the announcement was made uh, that Coach Johnson would take over for Patrick Kane, I was like, okay, all right, he was at, you know, Matoka, you know, got a playoff bid, and you know, had was there a few years, and and and, but it didn't wow me, and I don't know what I was expecting, um, in the sense that, you know, it's it's not like that there are you know tons of marquee coaches that are sitting on the bench, and you can bring somebody, you know, there is no scenario in Richmond high school football that you know you could go, okay, we're gonna we're gonna bring John Gruden in, and <clears throat> you know, kind of like Gruden back to the Raiders. That sort of storyline just, you know, isn't really around uh, with the possible, excuse me, exception of, you know, if uh, somebody who's not coaching anymore, you know, and and wouldn't be coming back, you know, obviously Coach Bedwell is now firmly ensconced to doing a great job as activities director at Bird, so he's not going to do it. Coach Kane just stepped down from Hermitage, so I doubt he's going to turn around and head into a new situation. And uh, let, let me say something about Coach Kane that needs to be that needs to be addressed. Um, number one, for for those in Panther Nation who got frustrated and upset with him because they could not, you know, get to and win the state. <clears throat> excuse me, get to and win the state championship. Yeah, I was at the state championship in 2010. Uh, In Charlottesville, my son graduated from Hermitage in 2010, so it was the fall after he had graduated, and he and I went up to that game as fans, and we rooted our hearts out for the Panthers, and and they came up short that day. Yeah, there was no way to know after that, and after the following year, where they got to the the state semis and a missed extra point cost them a chance at overtime and a chance to get back to the state final. You know, you can't you can't be clairvoyant and look ahead and realize what L.C. Bird is getting ready to do, and then after that, what Lauren Johnson is quietly building in Highland Springs and what he's getting ready to do. Hermitage never backed away from anything. Hermitage has played Verina forever in the regular season. A few years ago, when Highland Springs got to their lofty position, who did Hermitage add to their schedule? Highland Springs. When did they add them? Opening night, how many coaches do you know have the guts to look at their team and go, okay, first game, we're going, mm mm-hmm. There's a lot of coaches that would avoid that idea like the plague. Um, Were they able to get over the hump and win the state title? No. Were they easily one of the marquee programs uh, of the 21st century so far, these first 18 years um, in, in the area and in the state, the answer is absolutely yes. And so I applaud Coach Patrick Kane and all the work that he did. On top of the fact that, and this is something that if if you're in my position, you see these little things and you take note of them. I cannot tell you how many times in the fall, okay? Uh, I, I, I'm headed out. It's a Monday night or a Tuesday night or a Thursday night or whatever it is. And I'm covering Hanover Field Hockey against someone. And it may be the start of the second half, but who's walking in to, to, to um, watch his daughter play? And that's Coach Patrick Kane. Absolutely. His, his kids went to Hanover High School. And I, I can't tell you how many times I saw him sitting up there in the stands. Now, there were matches that he missed, plenty of them. And plenty of them I know as a dad he wished he could have been to. And there were plenty. He, were, he was late to getting there. He wasn't there at the opening whistle. But I saw him there. And so not only did I see a dedicated coach, because I'd go to Hermitage to cover baseball, and who was there one-on-one his, with his quarterback for the next year who hadn't had a start yet, working on drills? Coach Kane. Okay. Coach Kane did everything he possibly could for that school and has left an immense legacy at Hermitage High School. A hundred and twelve student athletes going on to college. And you gotta remember Hermitage High School was a doormat in football at the turn of the century when he took that program over. So I, I've seen both sides the parent side, the coach side, and I and really the teacher side, a third side, because my son had workings with him while he was a student at Hermitage back at the latter part of the last decade now let's get back to coach johnson i mentioned the fact that you know it wasn't a wow pick when it first came out but now that i've sat down and had a conversation with coach and you heard about 70 percent of it you didn't hear what we talked about before we hit the record button and after we were done his 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 um, relationship with his daughter's I found to be very refreshing and eye-opening, and what McKenzie had to say to him about the decision of taking this job, uh, when it became available, when the possibility came up, uh, was wise beyond her years. Um, It it, it was a refreshing story to hear. And you got to remember, Coach Johnson understands something about coming into a situation after someone leaves who has been at a program for a long period of time, because he replaced Pat Manuel over at Metallica, who had coached there for over 20 years. So he understands the vibe and the dynamic of walking into a situation where someone has been there for a long time and has had success for a long time. And and Coach Kane, compared to Coach Manuel, that's no offense to Coach Manuel, but just Coach Kane's legacy, uh, just unbelievable. I mean, they haven't lost a Colonial District regular season football game in like 11 years. I think Deep Run was the last team to beat them, and it could have been 2006 when Deep Run won their their, uh, Colonial District title that year. Um, So he understands the dynamics of what he is getting into, but I also was really appreciative of the fact that he also understands what he's been given, and it's a turnkey operation. And you just you you turn on the ignition and off you go. And you build on what's there. There's no reason to reinvent the wheel. It's one of the best wheels around. And so I, I think the kids are going to be very excited to play for Coach Johnson. He's going to bring a very exciting brand of football there to Hermitage. And Panther fans, you know, cut him a little slack. The first game he has is going to be against the three-time defending state champions. And I'm not saying here in February that Hermitage is going to lose their first game against Island Springs. I'm not making – you know, I never make any predictions about any any of the sports that we cover. I just don't feel like it's necessary, number one. Number two, who cares, you know, about what I think might happen in a game? Nobody. So we don't waste time with it. Um, but I, I'm really excited to see the the – Uh, the the foundation continue, but the new direction of the program. I think it's going to be very exciting, and I'm looking forward to seeing some great things um, at Hermitage continue there at Chester Fritz Stadium. It's going to be a lot of fun. Now, having said that, I think the pressure on Coach Johnson is a little bit different than most people do. A lot of people are automatically, can he beat Bird, can he beat Verina, can he beat Highland Springs? Here's the storyline I think it's much more intriguing going into this coming fall, and it's this. If you go back and remember the final five weeks of the regular season, who were we talking about at the bottom of Region 5B, teams that were like seven teams trying to get the last three playoff spots? You had J.R. Tucker just missing the postseason, 5-5, five and five, best season since they went 8-2 and two in 2008, okay? You had... Deep run, who made it into the playoffs. Great great bounce back under Chad Hornick in 2016 and just missed in 2017. With one of the reasons being the resurgence in the second half of the regular season by Mills Godwin, who did make the playoffs as the eighth seed and actually hung for a while with Highland Springs in that first game. You know, everybody thought, well, that'll be 49 nothing, and it wasn't. Then you've got Glenn Allen and the return of Devin Flowers, who will only be a junior next year, I mean, it's very possible that kid could rush for 5,000 yards in high school total. So if Glenn Allen can shore up defense and not put themselves in a situation where they have to win every game 47 to 45, they could be a problem. And then Douglas Freeman has done very well the last few years, off year this year, but I know with Coach Henderson and company, they'll bounce back. So I think the bigger story is going to be which one of the West End schools, Freeman, Tucker, Godwin, Deep Run, Glenn Allen, could finally give uh could start breathing down the neck of Hermitage. That's what I'm intrigued by. And of course we don't have districts in terms of standings and championships anymore, but if we had a colonial district we use it for scheduling purposes only if we had it up and running and a trophy available i think that would be one of the more interesting stories coming into the 2018 season could one of those teams rise up and beat hermitage and when we get the schedules and find out who has to go to hermitage but who hermitage has to go to like if hermitage has to go to axel stadium if hermitage has to go to glenn allen and face Devin Flowers, if Glenn Allen can beef up that defense, like I mentioned, it could be a really interesting September, October, before we even talk about November, uh, when it comes to football on the left-hand side in the western half of Henrico County. It's already crazy fun in the eastern half between Henrico, Verina, and, of course, Highland Springs. So great talking with Coach Johnson. Thank thank him again so much for being with us. And again, we're going to have this as a new segment, The Sit Down, Here on Central Region Now, a chance for you to have podcasts where it's not just me opining on things and giving you information, but we get a chance to talk to some people directly involved, not only in high school sports, but in other areas here in the area of the RVA. Speaking of which, we haven't had a chance to talk about this on the podcast yet, and we will wrap up with this and a look ahead as to where we're going to be here in the next two weeks, because there's a whole lot going on. Want to send a shout-out and a big thank you to everyone at ESPN Richmond. Last Friday morning, we began a brand-new weekly segment on the Black & Drew Sports Huddle called RVA Locals Only, where we get a chance every Friday morning just after 9.30 on ESPN Richmond, 99.5, 1027 FM, 9.50 AM, online at ESPNRichmond.com and on the ESPN Richmond app. I go in studio and join Bob Black and Andrew Wallace. We sit down and we talk to the movers and shakers in the high school world. In some weeks, it'll be a situation to where I'll go into the studio and we'll spend the time catching up on all the news and all the big things that are going on in the area. Like this coming Friday morning, we're going to be knee-deep in state quarterfinal basketball, uh, state tournament championship, semifinals, VISAA level. Um, You know, news looking ahead towards the start of all the spring sports seasons, which are coming up on March the 12th. Um, But we had Rick Hamlin, the head basketball coach for the boys team at Trinity Episcopal on our debut edition, really enjoyed our conversation with coach. He had some very interesting things to say. Give us an inside look of how you handle things when people like Roy Williams walk into your gym during practice with all of the hoopla surrounding, of course, Armando Baycott. you got Jason Wade already committed to ODU, and now the stock of Henry Coleman, the sophomore, is rising. And uh, Coach really was interesting. He talked about how he had been a JV coach for 10 years and how it used to just be, hey, I just had to worry about practicing and getting them ready for the games, and that was it. And, and you know, now it's, it's a whole totally different field and story. But Coach had some great stories, and we really enjoyed our conversation with him. You can listen to that segment if you missed it on Friday uh, at the audio vault at ESPN Just search RBA locals only. And again, we'll be on every Friday morning just after 9.30. So join us again, 99.5 and 102.7 FM, 9.50 AM, <coughs> excuse me, and online at ESPNRichmond.com as well as on the ESPN Richmond app. So our thanks to uh, Mitchell Bradley, the program director over there. Bob Black, of course, longtime friend, voice of the Spiders. Andrew Wallace, new friend, just got to know him here in the last couple of weeks. Uh, Marshall Landis and all the people at Urban One for this partnership. We are really excited about it to be able to bring uh, to a new audience uh, the great light of high school sports here in the RVA. So that's on ESPN Richmond every Friday morning just after 9.30. All right, where we're going to be, RVA Sports Network is going to be re- ridiculously busy the next two weeks as we wrap up basketball season because on the back end what you're not going to see is all of our work getting ready for all the spring sports baseball softball lacrosse soccer tennis outdoor track all getting ready to get underway March 12th and we'll talk about a couple of quick games of the week that we've already got scheduled for you in a moment but first in basketball this week Monday night, we'll be at the Ash Center for the 4B Region Boys Championship between Huguenot and Monaghan, 7 o'clock start. We'll have live updates on Twitter, on Chesterfield Sports, and at the RVA Sportsnet. Then, not a lot going on at night, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We skip over to Friday, Saturday, and we'll have updates for you from all the state quarterfinal action. We are also hoping that we would be able <clears throat> excuse me, we would be able to have one or two of our interns going to be at some of the locations. We'll be working on that scheduling this week and if they're able to do it, we'll be of course pass it along to you and tell you who to follow at what location for what events. Our tip to trophy coverage of the twenty eighteen Atlantic 10 Women's Basketball Championship gets underway at eleven AM Friday morning live courtside at the at the uh, Richmond Coliseum. For the fifth consecutive year, RBA Sports Network will be the only social media presence for the entire Atlantic 10 championship. We have thoroughly enjoyed working with the conference over the past five years. We're looking forward to what should be a wild, woolly, and wide-open tournament this year. Even though Dayton won their first 15 conference games and clinched the number one seed a week early, They lost their last game of the regular season to St. Louis, who is the number seven seed and a dangerous seven seed at that. First round games take place Tuesday night. They are at um, uh, campus sites. Congratulations to the Richmond Spiders. They get a, I cannot tell you how good of a win Saturday was at George Washington. George Washington is a team that has the talent that could make a tournament run and win the the championship. And Richmond held them to under 40 points at home. At home. Best performance defensively by far for Richmond this year. Michaela Parson, the Monacan graduate and the senior this year for Richmond. She she should get serious consideration for Atlantic 10 Women's Basketball Player of the Year. Now, I know that Natalie Butler, the, the graduate transfer from UConn playing at George Mason this year, has made a big difference to that program. They've won over 20 games for the first time in nearly 20 years. Uh, it's easily been their their best season under head coach Nyla Millicent, and congratulations to them. They are the number four seed in the tournament. And And, and I get that. I understand that. Um, and Natalie will get high consideration for it, and there are a couple of Dayton players that are going to be in the mix as well. But when you look at the statistics, and, and the, um, the, the basketball team sent out a tweet about this Sunday night, and, and I was like, you know what, it's hard to argue with this. Michaela she'll definitely be first team. I'll be stunned if she's not first team All-Atlantic 10. And I think it's very possible that she could be very, very, very highly considered for player of the year. The only drawback is going to be that Richmond finished in the middle of the pack and Natalie Butler's team had, you know, a historic season by George Mason standards. And a lot of times when it's a tight race for an MVP award, it ends up being what kind of impact did you make on the team and how did the team end up faring? Were you a 500 team uh, or or did you win 20 games for the first time in 18 years? Those sorts of things. So that's why I'm leaning towards Butler probably getting the nod. If it's not a player from Dayton, Lauren, Lauren Canditelli and, and one other as well, you know that could be, but then the Dayton vote could get split. Hard to say. But all of the accolades will be announced this weekend at the Coliseum. Games on Friday, quarterfinals are at 11 a.m., 2.30 p.m., 4.30 p.m., and, uh, I'm sorry, 11-2, 4.30, and 7. 11A, 2P, 4.30, and 7. And we'll be there for all four quarterfinals on Friday. Then we're back on Saturday for the two semifinals at 11 a.m. and 1.30 p.m. And then the championship is on Sunday at high noon, And we'll be there at the Richmond Coliseum. Now, we hope you'll come and join us. Tickets available through Ticketmaster at the Coliseum box office. You can walk up and buy them on game day as well. If for some reason you're not able to join us, we've got you covered on Twitter all weekend long on the RBA Sportsnet, as well as providing you updates and coverage of what's going on with all the state quarterfinals and the VISAA state tournaments too. So, Friday, Saturday, Sunday is going to be just extremely, extremely busy. Then, state semifinals in basketball, they will take place on Monday and Tuesday. And again, they are also at home-determined sites. So go back to Class 5 for a moment. Let's say Verina's boys and Highland Springs girls both win their state quarterfinal. Well, they'll be back at Glen Allen either Monday or Tuesday night of the following week, the 5th or 6th, to host a state semifinal. Because this year, what I have been told is that the Region B teams, if it's a one-versus-one or a two-versus-two seeded situation, this year the RBA teams get to host. Next year, the 757 teams will get to host. So from our understanding, um, Richmond teams, unless you're a lower seed, should not have to travel. Now on the uh, confluence into that again next year it's going to be the other way around so just keep that in mind. Then hi Harry, how are you? that's that's our official mascot. I think he's looking for the cat <laughs> And of course our state championship coverage gets underway on the 8th of March and it's flipped this year fans so let me quickly tell you when state championship games are. Thursday, March 8th is the big ga- the big day for class 5. And 6, Class 5 Girls State Championship, Thursday, March 8th at 2 p.m., the Boys at 4, the Class 6 Girls Final at 6, Class 6 Boys Final, 8 p.m. So the bigger enrollment schools, it's Thursday this year. Things are flipped. Then on Friday, it's Classes 1 and 2. So say if Appomattox Regional Governor School gets to the state championship, they would play Friday at 2 If Goochland can make it to the state uh, Class 2 Boys Championship, it would be Friday night at 8 o'clock. Then the middle classifications, 3 and 4, your day, is coming up on Saturday, the 10th of March. Class 3 girls, if Hopewell makes it, they would play at 11 a.m. on Saturday morning. Class 3 boys, could be John Marshall or Hopewell or George Wythe, they would play Saturday at 1 p.m. Class 4 girls would play at 4.30. Class 4 boys would play at 6.30. And those, of course, would be either Monakins, boys or girls, or the Huguenot boys. All of this information will be available live on Tuesday on State Tournament Central at rbasportsnetwork.com. And quickly, as we close the week of March 12th, we're going to be all over the place with Premier Week for spring sports. We will begin... Live tweet coverage of Spring Sports Monday, March 12th at Clover Hill High School, where the Atley Raiders will come down to take on Clover Hill in baseball, softball, and girls soccer. And we'll be there for all of them, 4.30 for baseball and softball, 7.30, I believe, for girls soccer. On Tuesday, March 13th, we'll finally get a chance to see the Randolph-Macon softball team in action at home. They have a doubleheader that afternoon. We'll get to see Game 1 and part of Game 2. And then we take off for Patrick Henry. This is going to be a huge season, I believe, for Patrick Henry softball. But they're going to get a good first game test in their new Class 4 Region B classification when Midlothian, who had a breakout season last year, comes to Patrick Henry. Trojans-Patriots that night on March 13th. I believe baseball also playing that night. So we'll get our first look at Coach Sam Hart and the Patriots, and the Midlothian Trojans baseball team, too. Live Twitter updates on all of that action coming up on Tuesday the 13th. And then the game of the week returns for a back-to-back two-night premiere event. Thursday night the 15th, Friday night the 16th, and check out these two games. Oh, man, it's going to be fun. Prince George, who has been a a Class 5 Region 5B, uh, used to be called... You know, 5A South, um, stalwart here the last few years in softball. Uh, Gave Lee Davis everything they could and more a couple of years ago uh, before falling in the regional semifinals. Almost got to the state tournament. They were last in the states in 2014. They want to get back, and what a way to test themselves early. They are coming up north to visit the three-time defending state champion at Lee Raider's. And we'll have it live for you on our YouTube channel. Game of the week, Thursday night, March 15th, 6 p.m. start time. 6 o'clock, March fifteenth. Prince George Atley softball. Can't wait. And then, does it get better? Oh, yeah. Friday night, March 16th, we are live at Hanover High School with two state champion contenders. James River in Class 6, Hanover in Class 4. It's the Rapids and Hawks. We'll have live coverage of the baseball game on our YouTube channel, First Pitch, 7 o'clock. Those two teams will also play in softball, and that should be a fantastic game. And we'll have live tweet updates on that that night beginning at 6 p.m. Our Game of the Week broadcast coverage uh, schedule always available over on the right-hand side of the page at rvasportsnetwork.com. So fans, it's going to be wild and woolly here the next few weeks as we wind down basketball and we get have the Atlantic 10 women's championship here in town this coming weekend and then we get kicked off on what for us is our busiest 3-month cycle of the year simply because we play more sports during the spring at the high school level than we do at any other time of the year. In the fall you've got football, field hockey, volleyball, cross country, golf, five sports. In the winter you've got basketball, swimming, gymnastics, wrestling, track five sports if i got that right yeah but here in the the spring you've got baseball softball lacrosse soccer tennis track six different sports and on top of that you have soccer boys and girls you have tennis boys and girls you have lacrosse boys and girls and a lot of time they play at different locations so needless to say middle of march through june 9 state championships saturday uh, it's a crazy time, and I usually spend the day in bed that Sunday <laughs> that Sunday, afterwards. So, again, keep posted with us on our website, rvasportsnetwork.com. State Tournament Central for Basketball goes live on Tuesday night. Our game of the week is broadcast schedule always there on the right-hand side of the page. Tons of stuff going on. Stay with us here with the RVA Sports Network. And we'll learn this afternoon where the Randolph-Macon women will be playing in the NCAA Division Three Women's Championship. How could I forget? to say congratulations to Coach Carol LaHaye and to Kelly Williams and Charlotte Woods and Kelsey Wisner and Jayla Wade and and Elise Noblock and and Becca Arrington and the rest of the Yellow Jacket crew with a gutsy 72-68 win Sunday afternoon. We were there courtside at the Salem Civic Center to watch the Yellow Jackets win their ninth ODAC championship in school history, uh, beating the top seed by four. And grabbing the trophy, and they'll head to the NCAA tournament. And, and Kelly Williams, their sophomore center, odds on favorite to be National Division Three Women's Player of the Year. I'll be stunned if she's not. She currently leads Division Three nationwide in both points per game and rebounds per game. And at the tournament Sunday with that championship win, she had 31 points and 20 rebounds in the final. So for the tournament, she scored 79 points and grabbed 60 rebounds. They are both new ODAC Records. Congratulations to Kelly. All right, fans. Jam-packed edition of Central Region now, was it not? And we thank you for being with us for all of it. Stay with the RBA Sports Network. Tons of basketball coverage as we get ready to send people to home with trophies over the next week and a half to two weeks. And then we uh, start the ball rolling all over again outdoors with Spring Sports on March 12th central region now an exclusive podcast presentation of the rva sports network solely intended for the private non-commercial use of our audience any rebroadcast or other use of the podcast without the express written consent of hcs media llc is strictly prohib- prohibited easy for me to say and hey we want to know your thoughts on our new feature the sit down did you enjoy our conversation with coach johnson of hermitage let us know on Twitter, tweet us up or send us a DM. And if you had somebody you think we should interview in the future, we'd love your suggestions. Rob with them saying have a great week. We'll see you courtside and on the sidelines.